Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, two signings for the Dallas Cowboys today. Busy, busy free agent period. How you doing, buddy? It's a it's a banner day here in Dallas Cowboys land. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't thrown a parade. Two signings in one day, my God. Um, yeah, I mean it's, it's crazy. It's now, totally nuts. <laughs> I, I was gonna say the uh, the NFL announced, I think it was last night, that uh, they have to shut down all their you know league facilities or team facilities for the next couple of weeks. Uh, do you expect, in general, just a flurry of action here over the next you know couple hours as teams are getting ready to close up shop? Yeah, I mean, I imagine that a lot of what they do can be done from home if they needed to. Probably, yeah. Um, but I would also imagine that there is, there's got to be like a subclass of people that were waiting for potential physicals or stuff that they thought were waiting to see if maybe, oh, if we wait a couple weeks, maybe this will blow over, then we can get them in and finalize deals or whatever. Yeah, I, I I wonder if that isn't kind of what happened with Don Terry Poe a little bit. I mean, so someone suggested on Twitter he recently had had surgery, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were having a hard time getting him medically sense, right? medically clear before he signed. So I wonder if if we if we're throwing that out the window at this point, and we're just you know signing people, and then with the caveat that you'll have to take a physical when you get here and when we're all done, we may see a lot of announcements of uh, signings of guys that are signed pending the condition of passing their physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think you're right on down Terry Poe. It seems like maybe the Cowboys are just waiting for him to maybe take a physical. It uh, seems like they're working through some contract stuff now. But uh, it does appear that the Cowboys have signed Don Terry Poe. Uh, they also agreed to a one-year deal with tight end Blake Bell, who last played with the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Um, and the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, as their number two tight end, he did a lot of blocking stuff. Um, pretty raw as a receiver. He's a former uh, college quarterback. Um, just really quickly before we get into some of your guys' Twitter questions, Landon, what were your thoughts on these two signings? Uh, I refuse to uh, uh, answer any questions about the Belldozer unless he is referred <laughs> to as the Belldozer. And, uh, sure. I, I, I disavow any knowledge of any Blake Bell. I don't know who he is. Um, I, you know, I think, <laughs> I think he's uh, a tight end depth signing. You know, I, I think he'll slug someone it out. Someone to compete with Schultz. Yeah, yeah, someone to slug it out with Schultz and potentially be your third tight end or second tight end, depending on how all that shakes out. Um, I, the Poe signing, I think, is interesting because I think, you know, you finally get that kind of guy in the middle, uh, nose tackle type who uh, who can mix it up and, and take on double teams and, and, you know, keep your linebackers clean. I don't like like we've mentioned before. I don't really know how much you know he brings to the pass rush element of it. Um, but maybe I, more I, so than some of the other guys that we've mentioned. Before. Yeah, I, I think just because he had had that as part of his game previously, and it seemed to kind of have fallen off these last few years. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, getting back in the lab with a guy like Jim Tomsula can kind of bring that back out of him. He's still young, you know. He's only still only twenty nine, which is not terribly old for a nose tackle you know especially a big guy like that so they can usually if they're big and strong naturally they can kind of play that position you know at a high level usually well into their 30s so uh but i think pass rush is is something that is 
is an added feature for a player like Poe, and he's, it seems like that feature is kind of worn off a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit more concentration on technique, you know, get his hands and feet back in concert a little bit more, uh, wouldn't help, you know, kind of boost a little bit of his game on that end. And as a double team eater, as a run block, as a run defender, I think he's going to be what you need. He's an upgrade on anything you had last year, as, uh, just in, as far as that goes. Uh, and I think he's a guy that uh, will be able to keep your linebackers clean in a way that they probably haven't been since they've been in the league. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be as dominant, obviously, as he was in Kansas City. But I think it's fair to say he was maybe the best one te- one technique they've had since, I don't know, Terrell McLean, right? And when, when, when was Terrell McLean really good? Was that 2014? Fifteen? Uh, I think it was later than that. Yeah, I think it was fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so it, it's it's, not, I mean, it's, it's been, a, been while. a while. Yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, I think I think it's fair to be excited about him, but don't expect like an All Pro player uh, this year for the Cowboys. Um, let's go ahead and get to some of your questions. We we've got a bunch of them today, over fifty questions. Um, let's start with this very basic one from Jake. Uh, Landon, did the Cowboys get better or worse during free agency so far? Oh, I think it's really hard to quantify. I, I really do because I, I think if you want to take like a, um, you know, an un, just a personnel look at general across the board, not including money, not including scheme, not including any other factors. I don't know that they have. I don't know that they have any more or any less talent. I mean, they probably have slightly less talent overall on like across the board, just because. I mean, first of all, you know, there's still a lot of guys who haven't been signed yet. You know, there's just a vast a, a volume issue. Yeah, here. How, I mean, how many of those guys are Dallas? Is Dallas actually going to go out and target? Right. I mean, like guys like Clowney and Everson Griffin are out there. But I don't see the Cowboys being interested in those kind of players, right? No, I'm, I don't think that they're like necessarily. They're not looking to upgrade their talent in free agency. I, I, I just, I mean, I don't really know that that's like the goal. I think the goal is Which, to. Which I mean, I think that's, I think that's a problem, though, right? I think it's a. It, I think it's a. Uh, I, I think it's it's a philosophy, you know, and I think right. It, so I, I think we just disagree with the philosophy. I at least I do. I, I think I think you need to use free agency to upgrade your talent as well. I don't think in today's NFL you can just rely on the draft to continue to build your roster to a championship level. I think you need to use free agency to grab some high end talent. I, I you know I, I don't think it's all. I don't think it's necessarily as universal as that. I, I think you shouldn't be afraid to, obviously, in that it's important to not just look away from free agency in order to overall upgrade your talent. But I also think that the Cowboys, I mean, are obviously very good at collecting talent, you know, in, in other methods. And I think that that's why part of that is part of the reason that they're not heavy spenders in, in free agency is because... They're they're resigning their own players, which are the, some of the best players in free agency. Um, you know, so I think when you when you look at it from the that doesn't make me feel better though because I, they, I know, they, but you know they're they're using this philosophy. Hey, let's draft and keep our own. Okay, well they've drafted and these guys have turned out, but they're not even keeping their own. So they are though. Combine... I mean, let's come on. Well, let's let's stop this. Let's stop this narrative, Marcus. They they let Byron Jones go. 
That's well, it. No, that's not it, the only one, though. I mean, Quinn was a one-year rental essentially that they got from in a draft in a draft pick. They're they're going to get comp picks for these guys. You know that we don't even. And again, we still don't. This isn't done yet. This is. I mean, and beyond, you're, you're right that the first wave of free agency is done. But that doesn't mean that there aren't there still can't be trades made that there's still you know that the, I mean there still isn't things that can be done as far as like signing top name free agents you know you know you mentioned it it's like they made a conscious decision not to not to sign Byron Jones and and I think we're you you went out there and asked the question what, who are they going to cover with that twenty million dollars <laughs> I I don't know that you know. The alternative of paying Byron Jones all twenty million of that dollars in those dollars is a better solution. I, and I, I see, also I think it is. Well, but see, but you, see, it's you, easy to make you that line up on Sundays. I don't think they're, 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 they're not a better team without Byron Jones. But the, but it's not. But it's not Sunday yet. That that's my point. Is that it's easy to make your it's easy to make your point of view right now because yes, right now we are a less talented football team, but the the job isn't done. You know, like it, that's that's the thing about this that is like it's frustrating because I mean you, we we want to judge how they've done overall by one component when they don't they don't view it at it at like that way they view it as there are these four or five avenues of of methods to to collect talent to add talent to your football team. I would yes, they do agree with that. Yes, that's it, what they do. Yeah. I, I'm just I I feel like listen. The teams that win free agency every single year typically do not do very well. Like that's that's fair to say, right? The, it, I, I'm not saying that the Cowboys should go out there and try to be off-season winners every year. However, I would like them to pick their spots a little bit. I mean, we've gone now a long time without the Cowboys even spending money on one player. I mean, who was the last big free agent signing they had? It was probably Brandon Carr in what 2012. I mean, it's been that long. I mean, uh, they traded for for. Robert Quinn last year, right, right, but that's but it was about just about free agency. Different. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, free agency is far and away the the worst way to to acquire talent of the of the methods. I understand that the idea is that I I completely agree with the idea that you can't look the other way and poo poo it, and that there are sometimes the when it's worth swinging big for the fences. But I also think that. This general idea that there should be, uh, you know, that there's a problem with them not generally spending big money in free agency. I don't. I don't necessarily believe that. I think it's an it's a case by case basis. Have there been some people that I probably would have signed on some of these deals for the Cowboys? Yes, probably. But I also know that there's information that they have that we don't have about how they feel about players in the draft, how they feel about other free agents that are here. I, I just think that I, I think it's, it's, it's tough to like pigeonhole them into being uh, a bad team with player acquisition because they choose not to participate in spending big money in what has been well-documented as the worst of all the methods to, of collecting talent, it, the worst doesn't mean it should be ignored. I agree with that, but sure. I also am not sure. going to, you know, mark them for being uh, uh, wary about getting into the free agent market uh, 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 to spend big money because you know, and this came out of the Sloan Analytics uh, conference just recently too, kind of further showing that 
free agents are much more likely to have a worse season than the following season than they were the year before they entered free agency, and just across the board. And you're, you're not likely to get what you're paying for when buying in a free agent market. Sure, and I think I mean I think that's true in general, right? And I think both of those things can be true. You're typically going to pay elite money for good to maybe pretty good players. I think that's generally what happens in free agency. However, I think the Cowboys have ignored it a little bit too much. There's been opportunities where there's been guys out there who could have really helped this football team, but the Cowboys, for whatever reason, have decided um, not to spend the money there. I mean, a perfect, perfect example is Tyron Matthew uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, that was somebody who wanted to go play for the Cowboys and the Dallas just didn't decide, didn't feel like they wanted to pay that much money for that type of player, whether it be you know finances or they didn't want to have to try to you know maybe build a defense around that kind of player. I, I would just like to see the Cowboys being a little bit more aggressive there because you're seeing these teams that are believe they're in championship windows. Uh, you know the Chiefs, uh, the Saints, year after year go after these some of these big name t- guys, and it kind of helps extend their their window. Um, I, I would just like to see the Cowboys maybe do that a little bit more frequently than what they've done. But the Saints also are, you know, traded two first-round draft picks from Marcus Davenport and are. are well, that doesn't, I mean, doesn't right? It doesn't make them perfect, but I'm saying they've been able to fill some pretty big holes, uh, yeah. like a Demario Davis, right? I, Demario Davis is the guy that they got from the Jets, who became an All-Pro linebacker with them because he, they went out and got him in free agency. Yeah, again, I I think what this. We're both looking at the same thing, seeing two different things. Like I, I see that as these are three different ways of three different methods. Each each one of these three teams have different ways of collecting talent. The Saints aren't as good as drafting as we are, but they 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 are more aggressive and they're not afraid to go get what they need and and push money back and and you know move things sure. around that way. It's just there's just a whole bunch of different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, last thing I'll, I'll say about free agency. I think you can really like the the moves the Cowboys have made this free agency period, grabbing Gerald McCoy, who we both like, Don Terry Poe, HaHa Clinton Dix, and still acknowledge that they're probably not going to be as talented of a football team as they were last year. You know, after losing uh, Byron Jones and Robert Quinn and Malik Collins and Randall Cobb. I mean, even with a strong draft, I, I, I'm just not sure. They're going to have that same talent level on the field, and now it's also is, it's also worth acknowledging that they were extremely talented last year and were eight and eight. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I was going to say. You're <laughs> hoping that the change in coaching staff maybe helps elevate, you know, maybe a lesser roster where you know Jason Garrett couldn't do that last year, right? Uh, maybe that's the hope. You're also hoping that some other guys uh, step up, maybe Prescott yeah, continues young, to get better, young players getting better. Yeah, that's that's a huge sure. part of this for sure. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more questions. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, 
no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct. So they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. Um, let's get through a couple of these, Landon, really quickly. Uh, this one from at Cowboys Nation. Uh, if you're trading up in the second round, who would you rather trade up for? Delpit, Xavier McKinney, or Jalen Rager? Let's go ahead and assume uh, the Cowboys in the first round. Let's say they get C.J. Henderson, right? Okay. Pick 17. Who would you rather go up and get? Delpit, McKinney, Rager. It's probably going to be Delpit or Rager. I think because I, I just don't know that I, I like McKinney a lot, but um, I think that you can find a similar discount player a little bit later in the draft if you want to do that. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I think Delpit's kind of the more rare free safety topper type that I think is a little bit harder to find in this draft. And with yeah. Ray, with Rager, it's you know, it's do you want that dynamic? Uh, you know third wide receiver added to your roster. Um, so it's close. That one's close for me. I, I like Rager better as a player, but I think you can certainly make the argument argument for Delpit, especially if you consider some of the guys that are going to be available at receiver, let's say in the fourth round. So maybe you trade yeah. you know, your two and your three to go up and get Delpit. Okay, now you've got your corner, you got your free safety Wide receivers maybe your biggest need. If you can come back in the fourth round and grab and that's a sweet uh, spot. KJ Hill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's kind of a sweet spot. You might yeah. be able to. That might be the better way of handling that, building your team. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, but the, you know what's going to be fun is after we get done with the first day of the draft, I will almost guarantee you two of those three players will be, be there in the second round. Like I, I have got a strong feeling that these safeties are going to fall. So we could be talking about scenarios. You know, Friday morning of. Hey, the Cowboys got C.J. Henderson. Uh, what would you trade up to go get Delpit? And I think I think that's fun, and I think that's realistic. Yeah. Um, let's get to this next question, Landon. Uh, some a lot of people different. A lot of different people asked it. They want to know what do you think about the Cowboys taking like a one year deal on Cam Newton as their backup quarterback? Uh, it's it's too pricey. I think it's it, it, it. Is it going to be pricey though? That's what I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it. it I mean, yeah, it's going to be too pricey. I mean, because because I mean, look, I mean, first of all, why would I mean? I just don't think it's it's what's the what's the real benefit there? Maybe you get like a, a, a comp pick for 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 if he signs somewhere next year. But if he's your backup, he's not being displayed anywhere. I I, I don't see Dak. I mean, Dak's you know usually a pretty healthy guy. Um, I, I, so here's here's probably the, the what you're hoping happens, right? Uh, is that Cam comes back, he's fully healthy, plays well in the preseason, and then a team has an injury that's a contender. So let's say like Pittsburgh last year is a good example. Cam shows that he's healthy. You trade Cam to a team like Pittsburgh or Chicago for a third round pick, and you save money that way. How much that's, is that? That's probably how, the ideal. How much does that cost you? For that opportunity to potentially may, yeah. maybe trade him. Well. That's there was a the Sloan uh, Sloan conference did a piece on uh, the value of draft picks every year, like because this came from the Brock Osweiler uh-huh, trade from uh-huh. a few years ago, 
And I think they said a second round pick in terms of cap space was worth somewhere between like 12 and 14 million. So a third round pick would be like what, seven to eight million, maybe? So seven to eight comes on that price? Yeah, seven to eight million is probably what you're looking at, right? Like that's probably what you pay Cam, right? I mean, that's what that's yeah, that, I probably that, would consider that. That would that be, uh, or at least that would be the price point in which you would even consider something like this, right? So, yeah, I can't imagine us getting a third round pick for Cam Newton if no one's signing him right now. Well, I maybe, but I think there's a part of the reason why Cam's not getting signed right now is because of the questions with the injuries, right? Because he can't take physicals now, he can't go and work out with teams. So, there's just such a big question mark. I think we'll have a lot better information about how healthy Cam is, you know, in August and September than we do now. So is it worth a six, seven million dollar shot? Maybe. I I, Maybe. I I I'm not poo-pooing the idea. It's very out of the box and, and smart thinking and potentially getting assets later down the road. My concern is that I mean, we're turning down Emmanuel Sanders for six million dollars. We're gonna That's sign. We're gonna sign yes. a backup yeah. quarterback for eight million dollars. That that may be able to be traded later. Uh, yeah, and I, I just think that you're gonna end up losing that money. And uh, like the most likely scenario is that you sign him, you go through the whole season, nobody trades for him, and then he's at the end of the year he leaves, and you get like a. I don't know, like a fifth round comp yeah. pick if he signs a decent contract. I just I can't imagine. The odds are very good of, of pulling off this deal that we're talking about, and 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 for eight million dollars, it's a little bit pricey for that risk for me. Probably, yeah, and it's probably better for a team that has a lot of cap space. That exactly, has some. yeah, I, that's what I would um, say. Like some team that's got a ton of cap space, like that's a great idea. Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo is a Buffalo great example of or, a team that 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 could use somebody like Cam, just slide him into the cap space. And then see what he looks or like Miami. by August and September. You know, Miami's go, another good example. Go, yeah. go get Miami. Like, have them draft Tua. Have Cam sit behind Tua and, like, kind of help him out and talk to him and stuff. And, yeah, sure. I think, I think you know, those situations make sense. With the Cowboys, you got a quarterback who's young and healthy. You're probably not going to let Cam see the field very often. I, it, I don't know that it's worth the risk. All right, Landon, this next one. Um, at picks number 17, what is your best-case scenario, worst-case scenario for the draft? Uh, I know the worst case scenario for me, it's Kristen Fulton, uh, just because I think he is at best the third corner in this draft. I didn't love his tape. I know some people are big fans, uh, but it does feel like to me that's maybe an option uh, considering where you know maybe the Cowboys' weaknesses are at. Um, but what would be your you know best case, worst case for the first round pick for the Cowboys? Worst case would probably be Fulton too. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm hoping that worst case would be Delpit or McKinney. You know, which I would be fine with, but I would not be thrilled with. Um, yeah, I would much rather have those guys, I think, than Fulton. Yeah, exactly. Um, best case, I mean, I go back and forth on this one. This one's, I mean, well, I got a, like a cluster of guys. That what's I like. realistic? There's not you know? one guy. Like, yeah, I would go. I would lose my mind if they drafted Ceedee Lamb or or, or Rugs or Judy. Judy, I just don't yeah, know. So it, I. It, it, I don't know if it'll happen, but I would lose it if they did. Uh, See, mine is still Derek Brown. I think. Yeah, I mean, if Derek Brown falls to seventeen, I mean, he's he's my guy. Well, like, uh, even if it's a trade up, a small trade up to get Derek Brown, I'm I'm on board with all of that, one hundred percent. What's funny is it, it does feel like we don't have a certain guy that we're keying on right now. It seems like we do have a cluster of guys between those three receivers: Derek Brown, 
Chason and Henderson. Those are probably the six names we talk about the most, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there any other guys that we need to throw in there? No, I mean, I think ultimately everyone else that outside of that is either at a position we don't really necessarily need or, uh, you know, a. I don't know that anyone else qualifies under best case, you know? I, I got to change it. Hold on. I got to change my answer. My worst case scenario is Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma, mm. because I think that signals something else terribly wrong has gone on in the linebacker room, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Probably, it probably means that somebody's not healthy. Uh, and we're hearing whispers that the Cowboys may be interested in Murray. So that's I'm I'm really really hoping that's not the pick. Me too. But well, we we shall see. Um, <laughs> this this is a good one. This one from Stringer Bell, Landon. Uh, oh, hey, talk about the Cowboys front <laughs> front office decline since Stephen Jones took over. I feel like that's a good question for you. <laughs> uh, uh, front office decline ever since Stephen Jones took. I don't know that that's necessarily. True. I, I would say they're more frugal with their money, is the way I would say that. Yeah, and I don't know that that, that indicates decline. I, don't, I think that they've assembled one of the best young rosters in football while Stephen Jones was, you know, in control. So yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you if we want to get upset about you know signing people, that's fine or that methodology. But I I don't I don't think you can honestly say that there's been decline. And I mean, I think they've had good teams. That... Yeah, I, I I just feel indifferent to Stephen Jones. I don't feel like he's a, one of the better general managers in the league. I don't feel like he's one of the worst. I just feel like they're kind of right in the middle. They've had some luck with some drafting. They've also had some bad process with a couple of their picks. Um, so I, I just don't have a strong feeling either way. Um, Landon, we'll finish up with this one. This one comes from Brady. I want to hear a discussion on Zach Bond as a potential sleeper pick. Oh, boy. Under Mike Nolan, we know things on defense will get more hybrid and versatile, which to me screams Bond, and I've seen you mock him there. Is he a good fit in a Cowboys defense? I mean, I, you know, if you ask us, me and you, and I mean, I think I can speak for John Oning, and I, I think some other guys, like, Joey Ikes and some other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think so. I think you know he looks like a guy who can, you know, he's he's a more versatile, less talented pass rusher version of T.J. Watt. You know, I think sure. he's he's kind yeah. of the he's not a pure pass rusher. I think you, you I mean you could use him that way, and he could I think he could do some things. I I don't know that that's the best use of his skill set. But if you could find a situation where you f- find a way to alternate between him covering tight ends or blitzing or, you know, where he gets to use that versatility. Uh, and if the Nolan defense is really a, a defense where that versatility is going to be a, a calling card, yeah, I'm all in on Zach Bond. And I, I again, I didn't list him as my, uh, you know, I, I think some people would view him as a reach at 17. I wouldn't. Uh, but I, but I, I was just going to say... He wasn't. You notice that even if that were the case, he wasn't anywhere near our conversations for, you know, worst pick at seventeen. No, not so, at all. I would so, be up at, screaming up and down for that. I'd game. be thrilled with it. If I mean, just because of what it would potentially mean for this defense. So, uh, yeah, sure. I don't have any problems with them if they want to take Zach Bond at seventeen. I will be thrilled to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll be thrilled to deal with. 
uh, you know, what the, the, all the people who, who weren't aware of who he was and, and screaming, ooh, Zach Bond, <laughs> I will be happy to be an ambassador as to, well, here is who is Zach Bond. Yeah, I like, so, I like it, the pick at 17, if that's the pick. To me, I don't think Bond's an option at 17, but if the Cowboys traded down to like 25, 26, I think that's when you start considering him, right? I mean, I would consider him at 17, but I I, I just wonder if that's not too high for the Cowboys. Um, really quickly on, on Bond, he doesn't have the same body style as, and maybe athleticism as this player, but in terms of the way I think he should be used in the NFL, the way that the Vikings used Anthony Barr is, is yeah. I think, the way that Bond should be used, right? You can use him as an edge rusher on certain situations. You can blitz him. You can have him play Sam linebacker. You can have him slide over the weak side. I think we're starting to see more of that type of player in the NFL. And I think in this defense, uh, I think he would make a lot of sense because you could have him, you know, in nickel. You could have him be an edge rusher. Uh, In, you know, 3-4 looks, you could have him be a 3-4 outside linebacker. You could have him be a Sam linebacker in a 4-3. I I just think he's one of these valuable, you know, chess pieces on your defense that allows you to be flexible. If If you're talking... And wanting to become a flexible defense and a versatile defense, you need to have players like Bond mm-hmm. to help you be able to move around. Uh, that's why I would be I, I would absolutely love that selection. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Make sure you follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast as well. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.